0: Welcome back friends, Bill Creasy here with another episode of Scripture Uncovered. I've mentioned in a previous podcast that we get to know Christ much as we get to know anyone else. We might have heard of him, but we didn't really know him. Yet, at some point, God provides the grace that awakens us to his presence, and then a process begins. We come to know him. We come to know him by spending time with him, by listening to him in his word, by talking to him in prayer, by meeting his friends, other believers. And over time, we come to realize who he is and what he means to us. And at some point in time, he takes our hand and says, Would you spend eternity with me? Would you? become mine. And you have a choice to make to say yes or no. If you say yes, you move positionally into the family of God and begin a lifetime of a maturing relationship that gets ever deeper until you step out into eternity, into his literal presence. It's a process. And I think we find this process oftentimes in Scripture uh, in the events of Jesus' own life. For example, if we turn over to Mark chapter 8, at verse 22, we read that Jesus and his disciples came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Well, he took the blind man by the hand, led him outside the village, and when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? The man looked up and he said, "Uh, I I see people and they look like trees walking around. Well, he could see a little bit. He had been blind, couldn't see anything. Now it's vague, it's hazy. I can see people, but they're, they're just shapes that appear to be moving. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus then sent him home saying, don't go back into the village. So you see the progression. Much as we do in our relationship with God, we see him through a glass darkly, as Paul would say. But at some point, That vision becomes clear, crystal clear, as we know him in the deepest sense. That takes me over to another story in John chapter 9, the man born blind. Now, the man at Bethsaida was blind. We don't know how he became blind, but apparently he did at some point. But this man has been born blind. So as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Jesus' disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? To be born blind would be a terrible thing, never to see anything at all. Oh, it must be a punishment for sin. Whose sin? His own? His parents? What? And Jesus said, neither. Neither this man nor his parents sin. You know, bad stuff happens. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it's day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. But while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. The word means scent. So the man went and washed. And he came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging said, Isn't this the guy who used to sit and beg? Yeah, that's him. Nah, couldn't be him. Others said, He only looks like him. But he himself insisted, No, I'm the man. Well, how then were your eyes opened? They demanded. And he replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes, and he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked. I don't know. Well, they brought to the Philistines the man who had been blind. Now, the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. You're not to work on the Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said, He put mud on my eyes. I washed. Now I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, "How can a sinner do such miraculous signs?" So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the, man, uh, the blind man. "What have you to say? What do you have to say about him? your eyes he opened?" And the man replied, "He is a prophet." The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? they asked. The one you say was born blind, how is it that he can now see? Well, we know he's our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't have a clue. Ask him. He's of age. He can speak for himself. Now, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged Jesus was the Christ would be booted out of the synagogue. That's why his parents said, He's of age. Ask him. So, a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And he replied, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. And then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? The man answered, I've told you already, but you didn't listen. What, you want to hear it again? You want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and they said you're this fellow's disciple we are disciples of Moses we know that God spoke to Moses but as for this guy we don't know where we don't even know where he's from and the man answered now that is remarkable you don't know where he comes from yet he opened my eyes we know that God does not listen to sinners He listens to the godly men, one who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Well, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me that I might believe in him. And Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. The Pharisees who were with him heard him say this, they said, What? You're saying we're blind too? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt Remains. Now, a number of things we need to point out here in this story. Notice the progression. The man is born blind. Well, we've all been born blind spiritually. We all know nothing whatever about God, born into a condition of sin with no interest in God, no desire for God, no capacity for God. We're utterly blind. This man receives his sight. And the very first thing they ask, Who is this man? He's a man, they said. He's a man. And then, when they questioned the man again, he said, He's a prophet. Hmm. And then, when they question him the third time, when Jesus addresses him, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. He's a man, he's a prophet, he's God. See the progression? And the Pharisees who were there said, what, you're saying we're blind? Jesus said, you're darn right. We're blind too. And coming to know Christ is a progression. Again, God provides the grace that awakens us to his presence because we have no interest, no desire, no capacity, whatever for him until that moment of grace. And then we come to know him. He's a man. We read stories about him. We read the Gospels. We watch a movie. He's a man. But then it gets, it goes beyond that. As we come to know him on a deeper level, he's certainly among the prophets. After all, we saw Elijah raise a dead child, Elisha raise a dead child, Jesus raised a dead child, who had just died, a dead young man who was about to be buried, and Lazarus, who was in the tomb for four days. He's a prophet for sure. But then, when we come to know him on a much deeper level, Lord, I believe, and we worship him. What a fabulous progression. And, you know, I think at, at this stage in my life, certainly, and perhaps in yours, we've come to know him. I spent a lot of time with him in prayer and, and teaching his word. And, and I feel like I know him pretty well. But when we step out into eternity, and frankly, I look forward to that, just stepping out into eternity, into his presence? Imagine. Here we are, lying on our deathbed. We take our last breath. Boom, gone. And what a glorious adventure that will be. We find ourselves standing before him, looking into his eyes, seeing the nail prints on his hands, the wound in his side. And I hope he looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> and not, you, you moron, what were you thinking? And well, I've had those moments too, that's for sure. But you know, we can be in his presence for the next million years. And we will never fully fathom the depth and the blackness of the suffering that he went through to bring us there. That's true heroic friendship, to die for us. And we'll have all of eternity to get to know him. What an adventure. Hey, it's great being with you this week. Look forward to next week, and on we'll go with Scripture Uncovered. Thank you, gang. Bye-bye now.